welcome to today's podcast with Chris Fisher, founder of Benefits LI and host of 3x3x3 challenge that helps you clarify your message to the broker and the self-insured employer community. This program is brought to you by the Healthcare Administrators Association, HCAA. For over 40 years, HCAA has supported third-party administrators and self-insured employer industry through educational opportunities from leading industry experts. For information on joining HCAA, please visit our website www.hcaa.org. I'm your host, Ramesh Kumar, and I'm on a mission to bring value to the healthcare industry through improved transparency. And my goal from this podcast is to give you one aha moment that you can implement in your business, whether you're a TPA, broker, or an employer. In my day job, I run a company called Zaki Point Health that helps self-insured employers and their employees find meaning from their healthcare data. Please like or share this podcast on your favorite podcasting tool so we can bring together a community of like-minded professionals. Before we begin, we would like to bring you a word from our sponsor, Magellan. Magellan RX is a full-service next-generation PBM and a pharmacy solutions expert that can unlock the possibilities to solve your most complex pharmacy challenges in today's rapidly evolving healthcare environment. We connect our customers and members to the people, technology, and information they need to make smarter healthcare decisions and achieve better outcomes, leading humanity to healthier and more vibrant lives. I'm thrilled to share insights from Chris Fisher. He has spent over 15 years in the healthcare industry working as a TPA, vendor, benefit specialist, and knows a thing or two about getting your message in front of brokers and self-insured employers. Today on our podcast, you will learn what do brokers want from their TPA relationship? How should you be selling to the brokers and the self-insured employers? And a little test for you, how should you be pitching your 3 by 3 by 3 challenge to this community? So let's dig in. Thank you, Chris. Really excited to have you on our podcast today. Uh, really, I've known you for a number of years. You have been involved in the self-insured employer community. The reason I'm very excited for, for Voices of Self-Funding to have you here is you've been you've been working with the broker community for a long time. You were also a TPA. Chris, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about why should they listen to you? Yeah, well, thank you so much, Gramesh, first and foremost for the invitation. I've been in kind of the benefits ecosystem in some form or fashion for about 15 years. I grew up through it. My dad was in the employee benefits industry, both as a wholesaler and also as a retailer for over 40 years and sold his firm. I think just the biggest thing for those of you that may know me or may don't, I've built a pretty big network over the last 10 plus years. I mean, I work with brokers from Portland, Maine to San Diego, and I think I've got a reputation of shooting straight, adding value and doing it quickly. And probably the one easiest example I can give, Ramesh, you know, I've done a lot of travel. I got paused during COVID for a while, but it's picked back up again. I did three trips in the fourth quarter, which is normally a brutal time to meet benefit advisors. I was in Salt Lake City in October, a horrible time to meet benefit advisors. 
we had seven meetings over two days with 25 people, the majority of which I'd never met before. So if you're in the benefit ecosystem and you're trying to get the attention of benefit advisors, hopefully I can share some practical tips that have helped me that can help you at the same time. Oh, that's great. So we're going to spend a lot of time really what you've learned working with these brokers and getting various ideas. I love your three by three format. If you could tell our audience what is the genesis of this three by three format and why is it working well in terms of getting attention from the broker community? Yeah, thank you, Ramesh. So, so the three by three by three format was really a response to how busy we all are in just life in general, but especially obviously in the employee benefits industry. So for those of you that don't know, three by three by three stands for three questions, three slides, three minutes. So it's essentially a video interview where we interview industry partners, asking them the same three questions. What do you do? How are you different? And who's a good fit? And it's really tailored designed for benefit advisors to get the information they want quickly. Like they all want to know, hey, Ramesh, what do you do? How are you different? And then also who's a good fit for what you're doing? And and kind of the gimmick behind it and why we call it three by three by three is that when we ask those three questions, we force the vendors to be brief because we only give them three slides and three minutes to answer those three questions. So it's really an exercise in how compelling you can be and do it quickly. I always joke with both benefit advisors and industry partners, it's, hey, if someone can't be compelling in under three minutes, why do you want to spend 30 minutes with them? Like, I'm always shocked. We always ask for, can you give me 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour of your time? This is a way for these industry partners to prove that they can be compelling in under three minutes before that benefit advisor commits to doing a 30-minute call. And it's really about saving both parties time, right? If the benefit advisor agrees to a call and you both spend 30 minutes together and you realize it's not a good fit, you should both wasted a ton of time. Like let's eliminate those wasted conversations. So that was kind of the genesis behind the three by three by three challenge. It's grown. We've got, I think over 143 by three by three videos we've done in the last four or five months. And I hope to have 500 by the end of the year. And what's been the response in terms of, viewership or meetings coming out of it? Just give me some sense of its impact you're having. Yeah, I mean, it it works really, really well. We just post on LinkedIn, you know, we crossed over 25,000 views on our virtual exhibit hall alone. That's not counting native views on LinkedIn. If you include native views on LinkedIn, it's got to be over 100,000. It's really cool. And I, I think there are a couple of things in play. I get a ton of unsolicited feedback from both broker partners and industry partners who just say, I love it. They love the fact that it's a consistent format. Every single time they watch one of those three by three by threes, they know the three questions I'm going to ask. They know it's going to be under three minutes with three slides. And it's really kind of a concise, simple format. So people seem to love it. I obviously know for a fact, I get emails from vendor partners all the time saying, yeah, Chris, I got some leads out of it. It was great. It was an easy experience to do. The other thing that if you haven't checked it out, you go to benefitsally.com. We basically dump all those videos in a virtual exhibit hall. So instead of having to go to, and there's nothing wrong. I love going with conferences. You go to big conferences in Atlanta or Vegas or Phoenix or whatever, but those are very time and labor expensive, flying out there, setting up a booth, getting a hotel, et cetera. We put all of these three by three by three videos in our virtual exhibit hall where it's not gated. You don't have to register for a username and password. It's all free public where you can search by keyword or filter by group size. So imagine you're going to this site and you're looking for DPC or specialty or mental health. 
you know, imagine a virtual exhibit hall where you have something like Alexa. Sorry if I just set off your echoes and everybody's home's listening to this. But if you have something like that, you could literally say a word and all the booths that don't have anything to do with that word disappear instantly. That's kind of the idea behind this virtual exhibit hall. So again, it all goes back to this idea of helping people save time. You mentioned DPC, you mentioned mental health. If you could paint a picture of what are the buckets of, whether it's programs, services that the broker community is excited about today, like looking at today and down in 2022 or 2023, where is the action at the moment? It's a good question, Ramesh. I kind of get that all the time and they'll say, well, what's hot? You know, what's new? What's interesting? And, and the reality is there's no easy answer to it because every broker is different. I know this is obviously a podcast focused on self-funding and I, I a lot of times joke with benefit advisors, you know, about, you know, who's the best TPA I could post. It could ask 10 brokers who the best TPA is and I'm going to get 10 different answers. And, and there may be some brokers who love a certain TPA and go, they're the greatest. And I've other brokers say, I hate that TPA. I, yeah, I'd never work with them again. So it's, it's hard to say. What I will say is I think there are a couple of kind of broad industry-based trends I'm saying. Number one is obviously the cost of healthcare is just continue to be outrageously expensive. So anything you can do to make a material impact on the cost of healthcare, I use that word material very purposefully. As much as it's great to save one, two, three percent on certain things, the things that are really getting attention is when someone can tangibly say, I'm going to save a significant amount of money and here's why. But the other big thing that we're seeing a ton of is around any perks, benefits, tools that are around recruiting and retention of overall employee health and total employee wellness. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a secret right now that we are in what may be the tightest labor market we have, I personally have ever seen, both whether it's blue collar, white collar, gray collar, just everybody I talk to is always desperate for talent. So mm -hmm. anything they can do that makes a material difference in making them a more attractive place to work, lower stress, obviously things like mental health, student loan repayment. There are a lot of kind of benefit aggregators out there that are doing really cool stuff where people can pick and choose kind of a unique bucket of things. There's tons of interesting stuff out there. So that's where I see it is anything around material impacts on cost control, and then also anything that employers can see that could have a material impact on recruiting and retention, again, making it a better place to work because companies know that if they lose key employees, it's going to be a nightmare trying to replace them. So anything they can do to keep those people happy and employed is a big deal. Well, that's very helpful. And so you talked about brokers. If you ask them, they'll have different TPAs they'll mention, which kind of begs the question, how do you, so is it purely a relationship game? that the TPAs and vendor partners should be thinking about? Or is there a differentiation they should be holding their hat on? Or is there a way to kind of differentiate? What would be your advice to that? I am all about differentiation. Obviously, our second question, the three by three by three video is how are you different? Because I think the perception most benefit advisors have about TPAs or PBMs or stop loss vendors or whatever, pick your telemedicine vendors, pick your whatever. It's, you know, they're all the same, more or less, right? They're all kind of basically the same. So I think it's, it's really important when you have an opportunity to talk to a benefit advisor, I'm all about being different. You know, again, you want someone to walk away. One of the best pieces of advice I got was from a video marketing company. I'm going to shut him out here. Stephen Conley at Gistio. He will probably never see this podcast, but if you do, hey, Stephen, I'm going to shout you out here. In the early, early days of Benefit Satellite, we were doing some animated like cartoon character style videos. 
this was a decade ago, so before, way before they were like really popular. To do. And and we were doing one, and I actually remember what it was. We were doing a, a kind of a joke where the cartoon character would pop on the screen, and we would open, and it was a knock on the fake knock on the monitor. We actually made a glass like, "Are you paying attention?" Like you're knocking on a window kind of thing. And I went back to Stephen and I said, "Hey." It's funny, but is it like cheesy? Like, is that going to rub people the wrong way? And what he told me is he said, as a marketing person, and this is true, marketing, sales, whatever, you want to be different because if your video looks and sounds like everybody else's, a hundred people are going to watch it. They're going to go, okay, fine. Nice video. But if your video does something different, you might have half the people love it and half the people hate it. But if I were you, I'd rather have 50 people love it then a hundred people go, eh, okay, so what? Move on. So I'm all about being different. Look, relationships matter. I am not going to lie. Relationships matter. But what I will say is the people who have those good relationships, they earn them over time and they earn them by executing and being someone that those brokers can trust. I'll tell you one way to kind of easily judge whether you think a broker trusts you or not. If the broker is not willing to put you in front of their client or prospect, they don't trust you. And I hate it that it's harsh, but in my mind, that's true. I've been doing this a long time. I've worked for some various different companies full-time in addition to running Benefits Ally. And we would constantly get opportunities to sit down in front of the employer and make the case for kind of what we're doing. But you have to be able to build that trust with the benefit advisor to where they go, I like Chris, I trust Chris. I'm willing to put Chris in front of my client or prospect because I know Chris is going to make me look good. So you want to do whatever you can to build that trust. That also goes back to, again, the whole point about being different and not wasting time. If you look and sound like a cheesy salesperson and you talk way too long and it's not interesting, they're not going to bring you in. But if you are brief, you're compelling, you're different, that broker is going to like you and go, this is someone I want to put in front of my client or prospect. Mm. That makes sense. And obviously it makes a lot of sense. I've worked for some brokers as well with the solution we provide. And uh, it's crown jewel for, for them. They have worked very hard to win that customer. So they're very protective. And, sure. and rightly so, they want to make sure that whatever they bring in front will have the impact that it says on the tin, that we cut costs or we do X or we provide this or we have this service. So I think it's very, very important to win that trust. You talked a little bit about differentiation, trust, relationship building. If you had to look at the broker community, I'm sure there are innovators. There are people who are looking to work with TPAs or innovative vendors. How would you segment the market out there of the broker community? Oh, wow, that's a really good question, Ramesh. I think there are a couple of ways to look at it. I often partially look at it by the size of the firm. Obviously, there are big national players and there are kind of super regional players or regional players and there are small kind of boutique one or or two or three producer shops. My big thing I am always looking for is I feel like every benefit advisor, every benefit advisor always says, we want to be innovative. We want to be creative. We want to be doing all this stuff for your client. Because you can't be a successful benefit advisor and go, yeah, I do everything like every other benefit advisor out there. So one of those things, everybody always says they're innovative and creative. And I want to bring different things to the table and breaking the status quo or next gen or whatever terms you want to use around that stuff. What I am always looking for is I'm looking for brokers who have proven it over time 
right? It, it's very easy to say, oh, yeah, we're all about doing this, 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 and this, and this. Well, great. How many clients do you have that are doing that? Well, none, but we talk about it all the time or, or whatever. So for me, because I work nationally with benefit advisors all the time, I personally want to work with benefit advisors who have proven that they have done this or can do this or are working to do it. Because to me, if someone has proven that they are willing to do the types of solutions or innovative programs or whatever, they're more likely to do it if I or any other vendor can show them a better mousetrap on it. It's one of those things where if you're selling, this is a bad analogy because I'm not a marathon runner or an IR triathlete or whatever. But if you're, if you're trying to sell someone a better road bike or whatever, you're much better off selling someone who already does road biking and likes it versus someone who doesn't do any biking at all. I, I want to get off their couch. I want to sell you this $5,000 road bike. No, you want to go to the guys who are already doing this or the men or women who are already doing this. So that's one of the ways I look at it is recognizing that there's only a finite amount of time we all have. I want to spend the time with people who are already doing it, or at least are making a concerted effort to doing it. I have no problem working with people who maybe aren't doing it yet, but they're laying the groundwork to do it. Like they're trying. I've bought into this. I'm doing seminars. I'm doing webinars. This is all part of my talk track, et cetera. But I want people to kind of prove to me at some level that, hey, this is a key part of what we're doing. Because otherwise, again, you're all just wasting time, right? So as I'm hearing, basically look for their track record or the message that they are putting out in the market. Are they saying those things and have they done it multiple times? And so that will determine whether your solution, your approach is going to you know, resonate with them or not. Yeah, I mean, whether you're a TPA or PBM or, you know, I was talking with someone earlier who does in the RBP space. You can obviously talk to people. I don't think RBP necessarily reference-based pricing for anyone. I can't imagine anyone listening to this podcast doesn't know what RBP is, but just in case you don't know, it's reference-based pricing. I'm sure there are some brokers, but it's got to be very, 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 very few now who just have never heard of RBP or reference-based pricing. So, you know, if I'm out there trying to sell RBP, I want to be spending my time focusing on people who kind of like RBP as a concept, who believe it and just show them I've got a better mousetrap there than trying to convince somebody who's never done RBP, has no interest in doing RBP. I just feel like you're banging your head against the wall there. And I would rather focus on people that are interested in what we're doing. I think it's something that we, as an industry, we have a big problem on is we feel like we want to talk to someone and I have to convince you. It's like, only if I could get you in a corner for four hours and berate you with every case they've ever heard for, I would convince you of the merits of RBP and how you're wrong or whatever. And again, it's not just RBP. It could be alternative primary care models or different PBM models. Oh, it doesn't matter. And I just, I just don't have time for that. I tend to much be more, hey, this is what we're doing. This is how we're different. If you like it, great. If not, that's okay too. And let's just shake hands and be polite and move on. Got it. And so you talked a little bit about what the partners should do to engage. Maybe if we turn this around, what are brokers looking for from their TPAs or vendor partners? I think there are a number of things. I think at the end of the day, The simplest way that I would just say is execution and making, and I can say this as a former benefit advisor, although it's been years, and I know obviously a lot of benefit advisors as well, make me look good, right? At the end of the day, these benefit advisors are bringing you in to one of their clients or prospects, and they're putting their name and reputation on the line. So I think fundamentally, it's about execution, and it's about making me look good. 
you know, there are a couple of like very specific tangible things that I've done in my career that I still do to this day that feel free to use. One of the things I always do is whenever I book a call with someone, I'm very respectful of their time. So one of the last jobs I was doing some consulting with, I made a big deal about saying, I'm going to do an overview on this XYZ company program, and I'm going to walk you through it in 12 minutes and you can time me. And I would throw out a number like 12. I would set a timer and I would pull out my iPhone and I would go like 12 minutes, here we go. And I would pause and say, I'm done with 36 seconds to spare or whatever. So to me, one of the easiest things you can do is whenever you're booking meetings or whatever, respect people's time. The call is 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, five, whatever it is. I will always set that timer. And when my time's up, say, hey, Ramesh, our time is up. I'm happy to keep talking if you want to keep talking, but I want to respect your time that we budgeted this for, for that amount of time. That's something that I feel like very, very few vendors do, but it's something that really resonates because it goes back to this whole idea of being different. If no one else does this and you do it, all of a sudden you become the guy who respect their time. You're not the sales guy who talks for an hour just because you feel like you have 84 slides you want to go through. Respect people's time. And I cannot tell you how many times that is turned back. I think of one specific example. I did a five minute demo with a producer and he was like, Chris, appreciate the fact you kept it to five minutes. I was promised. I didn't think you would. You kept it to five minutes. And he emailed me a day later going, Hey, Chris, I love the five-minute demo. If you can keep it to five minutes, I can get you in to present to our entire producer team. It's normally like three months down the calendar, but I can squeeze you in this week because you can do it in five minutes and you prove you did it in five minutes. So that's number one. The other thing that I do all the time, and when I do that, it really makes the broker feel much more comfortable about inviting me in to present to their clients and prospects because I'm quick, I'm brief. And I'm also not, try not to be ever kind of the negative connotation of the pushy salesperson. This is what we're doing. If it's a good fit for you, great. If it's not, that's okay. And let's just move on. And I think when you have that mentality, you're going to see far more likely brokers are willing to bring you in. But, and this is the big but, you have to execute on that where if the broker invites you on and you start becoming the pushy salesperson, they're never going to invite you in again. If I was that advisor, like, John, Jason, Julie, Keith, you're done. I'm never bringing you in again. So it's like, just be very casual. Hey, this is what we're doing. You know, do your job. I also make a conscious effort to, again, reinforce the expertise, the value of of the advisor. Thank you so much for the opportunity to present. I know this advisor is really focused on doing these three things for you. This is the agenda. Anything you can do on that call to reinforce the expertise, the value, the, the benefit advisor always goes over super well. Because again, you're basically reinforcing the decision of the employer to say, hey, I was smart to hire this person. And you can do it in a very natural way. goes over really well. Also, after every call I do with an employer, the second I hang up the phone with Zoom, I am dialing that advisor's cell phone. I'm saying, hey, how was that? Was that what you expected? Was there anything good, bad, or ugly that I did or didn't do? Because it's one of those things where I just want them to know, I care about how you felt this went, right? More so than even how, whether we sell it or not, which I obviously hope we do. But I really care that you felt that was a good experience because if you felt it was a good experience, you're going to share it with your colleagues. You're going to invite me to do it more. And again, you know, 98% of the time, I don't want to stroke my own ego, pat myself on the back. But 98% of the time, like Chris, that was great. It was perfect. But sometimes there are some feedback like, hey, Chris, that was great, but I would have liked you to see do this. 
but it all goes back to this idea about showing the advisor you care. And again, I hate using this term again, but being different, right? The call is not about, hey, how do we get this deal done? How do we sell? It's like, hey, how has that went? It, did, did I do what you were looking for on this call? Making it about them, not about me. Because if you do those things over and over, I think that's how you build a, a network as deep as I have, where you have these people who trust you, who are, will invite you in, who will agree to talk. So this is great. Uh, this is kind of a real sales training for all the vendor partners. And yeah, I'm not sure that that was the goal, but I mean, that's kind of where it went. So hope it's helpful. Let's take this one step even beyond. You've done over 125 of these three by threes. Let's uh-huh. take a role play here where I'm going to ask you the three questions. If you were to take a TPA, let's take a TPA that is kind of doing some innovative things. Obviously they do the claims well, they do the customer service well but they are putting some new things, one or two new things in place. So they certainly see themselves as innovative. So remind me, what are the three questions that I need to ask you? Yeah. So the questions are, what is it? We're going to fake TPA. What is ABC TPA? Better name. What is Fisher TPA? What is Fisher TPA? How is Fisher TPA different? And who's a good fit for Fisher TPA? We'll make it easy. The one cabin, and I'm happy to role play with you, but one of the things I always coach people to do in these is I never tell people to do these off the cuff. I tell them always to script them because when you do them off the cuff, they can be good, but it's really, really hard. So I always encourage people to script these. So I'm happy to role play and make up a fictitious DPA with you, but I would not judge people. I would I'd ask people not to judge my performance. I'm trying to fake sell a fake TPA in a three by three by three, but I'm game to do whatever you want on your Give podcast. Let's do a little impromptu today and maybe we'll come back and invite you again for a, a rehearsed one. Yeah, so, that's fine. So Chris, tell me, what is Fisher TPA? So Fisher TPA is a boutique third-party administrator, laser-focused on making benefit advisor or helping benefit advisors materially impact the cost of care and the member experience for employers with under 200 employees. Nice. How is Fisher TPA different? We have worked really hard to curate the best of breed solutions and everything from stop loss, RBP vendors, pharmacy solutions, advocacy, telemedicine. We have combed the market and brought together what we think are the best of breed solutions where it's turnkey, where you can walk in and know we've already integrated unique solutions to control specialty drug costs. We've already integrated an RBP vendor that will indemnify you. We've already integrated all these other certain things. So when you come in, you know that we've got the best of breed solutions out there. But more importantly, if you find other best of breed solutions out there that you think would be a better fit than our off the shelf solutions, you can bring those to the table. And I think more importantly, we will always follow your lead as an advisor. If you tell us you need something done, if you tell us, hey, we've got a, an out-of-network claim, they should pay this claim, this amount, et cetera, we're going to follow your lead as a benefit advisor um, uh, to execute for your client. Sounds good. And so who is it for? Who's your ideal customer here? Yeah, great question, Ramesh. So our ideal customers are customers that are looking to often transition from a fully insured platform to a self-funded platform. So our ideal clients are typically in that 50 to 200 space, tend to be private sector employers, often employers where profit margins are thin, where when we can drive down healthcare costs by 10, 20, 30, 40%, it makes a material difference for them where they also may not be quite as worried about an, a logo on an ID card. So those are often blue collar employers, manufacturers, construction firms, 
food services, hospitality, groups where if we can make a material difference on their spend, it makes a huge difference in their overall uh, EBITDA as an employer. Wonderful. This is great. I think that was a pretty good unrehearsed three by three for our TPA. A fictitious TPA. I'm making it up on the fly. That doesn't exist. So don't Google Fisher TPA because it doesn't exist. Or if it does exist, there is a Fisher TPA. I apologize. That was a fake TPA we just made up. That's great. Well, one last question, Chris, as you have spent a lot of time with the broker community and looked at a lot of, a lot of the vendors out there, looking forward a year out uh, <clears throat> or two years out, what are some of the kind of advice would you have for the industry players as they are trying to sharpen their own solutions, as they are sharpening their own offering, and they're trying to have that impact in the self-insured employer space? I think the biggest thing that I would just say, and it kind of, again, ties back to the three by three by three, but messaging matters. I do a fair amount of consulting at Benefits Ally, and one of the companies I did some consulting with, they had a great product. They always had a great product but I thought they could improve some of their messaging, whether it was their slide deck flyers, just how they talked about it. And I basically reworked it and they just issued a press release. They were a 13-year-old company. They beat the record for new fourth quarter sales by 94%. And the product didn't change at all. Product is the exact same thing it was three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. It was messaging. It's how, when they got a chance to talk to those advisors and employers, the message resonated. Take some time to really think about the message you want people to convey. I'll loop back slightly in the three by three by three video we do. I have a best practices video that Ramesh, you haven't seen since we did the three by three by three with you, but um, you obviously, we can do another one at any time. But the three tips kind of, I always tell people are number one, be brief. Our attention spans are like this nowadays. So you've got to get to the point and do it quickly. Be compelling. When you're on an elevator pitch or you're doing a a podcast or a three by three by three, you're never going to convince someone to work with you in a short form in your first engagement. Your entire thing is to be compelling. Your entire goal, I should say, is to be compelling enough to go, I want to take the next step. So if it's a short video, if it's a flyer, if it's a case study, if it's whatever it is, right? Your goal should be give them just enough information to go, this is cool. I want to talk to this guy more. And one of the easiest things any vendor can do, uh, or even broker for that matter, go ask your current clients why they work with you, right? Because at the end of the day, whether you're a TPA, a data analytics firm, an RBP vendor, a PBM, whatever, they had a choice of vendors that they could have worked with. And they chose to work with you. Ask them why. And try to have them get very tangible examples. Saying great customer service may be true, but it's not a great example because nobody's going to say I have bad customer service. But figure out those tangible things. Why do you work with us? Is it whatever? And include those in your element. And again, be different. You know, it's one of those things. I would encourage you to ask benefit advisors. Go to your some friends, benefit advisor friends you have and go, hey, how many inbound sales messages do you get a week or a month? on email, LinkedIn, phone call, direct mail, if it matters, direct mail, whatever, how many inbound messages you get. And I bet you would be shocked at how many they get and not dozens, if not hundreds, depending on who it is. So if you're messaging, no matter what you are, if you look and sound like every other vendor in that space, why is a benefit advisor going to want to take 30 minutes to spend time with you? They're not. 
So embrace being different. Again, whether that's a, doing a seven-minute demo or doing the che- cheesy knock-on-glass thing I did 10 years ago, do something different that's going to make that advisor go, I want to talk to this person. My last kind of final thought, if you imagine a benefit advisor gets 25 inbound sales messages a week, which is probably a pretty reasonable number, and let's say they only have time to talk to one or two. The reality is you got to be better than 90% of your competition. And your competition, if you're a TPA, is not just other TPAs. It's every other vendor that's trying to get on that broker's calendar. I know that you think, whoever fictitious person listening to this podcast is, you know, I know you think you have the best widget, most important solution out there. But the reality is there's a ton of competition out there. So I would highly encourage you to be brief, compelling, and be different. And message matters. If your message is better than the competition, you're going to get more at bats. But if your message is long, it's boring, and it looks and sounds like everybody else's, don't be shocked when brokers don't want to engage. No, that's great. Anything you want to tell our audience, request, or point them to something that you're working on? Just feel free to check out BenefitsAlly.com. Again, we send out emails every Monday morning highlighting new three-by-three-by-three videos. And the last thing I'll mention, this is a separate note, we started doing this. If you're a benefit advisor and you're getting hounded by vendors, they're emailing you all the time and you just can't respond to them all, feel free to kick them to me. You can email my team at insights at BenefitsAlly.com and say, hey, do a three-by-three-by-three and just say, hey, do a three-by-three-by-three with Benefits Ally. And if it's compelling, I'll talk to you. And I think a lot of advisors like it because it's a way to politely punt it off. Say, I'm happy to talk to you, Keith, but prove to me you can be compelling in two to three minutes first. If they don't complete it, you know, you feel like, hey, well, I know you're probably not that interesting anyway. And if they do complete it, you get a chance to, to judge them for their merits. So we've done that with a number of advisors. There's no cost to participate. So if you get sick of filtering through this stuff, feel free to fire them to me and we'll send the three by three by three back when it's done and let you decide if you want to talk to them or not. That's great. This is a great resource. And um, thank you for you taking the time sharing your kind of learnings over the last 15 years and from those 125, three by three, three by three, three, three that you've done. Thank you again and look forward to reconnecting at another conference with you. Thanks, Ramesh. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you, everyone. And I would like to thank Magellan, our sponsor of this show. Please join us again for another podcast in the series brought to you by HCAA's Voices of Self Funding. Please like, and share so we can build a community of like-minded people and tell us about topics that we should bring to you next. Please watch your email for updates on upcoming guests. I'm your host, Ramesh Kumar of Zaki Point Health.